0: To Jim and Mike talk. Recording at the Did You Say? Seven Studios in beautiful Washington, New Jersey. And now, here are your hosts, Jim and Mike. Hey
1: everyone, this is uh, Jim. And this is Mike. And we're back. That's and um, this is show number Seven. Seven. What was that again? Seven. We like Seven. Okay. So we're going to start off with America's Top 10, 50
2: Years Ago.
0: All right, Top 10, Uh, 50 Years Ago. We are going with uh, 10 through 1, starting with He Ain't Heavy. He's My Brother. That's right, by the Hollies. All right. Uh, Number 9, we've got uh, For the Love of Him by Bobby Martin. That's Bobby with an I. Not Ricky Martin. Yes.
1: I Mm-hmm. Never heard of Bobby Martin.
0: And uh yeah, he's he's rising up from uh from sixteen to number nine.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow. We
0: are in April nineteen seventy. I didn't say that yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh number eight, we have Easy Come, Easy Go by Bobby Sherman. Bobby Sherman.
1: I know Bobby Sherman. I not do. personally. No, I don't.
0: I'm not aware of Bobby.
1: Back in uh the mid nineties, I went to see the Teen Idols tour. At the Mount Airy Lodge. I'm not making this yeah, up. Yeah, in the Poconos, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. Bobby Sherman, Davy Jones, and Peter Noon. Wow. And then we went back the next year. Mm-hmm. I guess they were still touring. And they replaced Davy Jones with... Who do you think they replaced Davy Jones with? Don't know. Mickey Dolenz. <laughs> he Mickey Dolenz. Yeah. He, he loves the Lehigh Valley, yeah. doesn't he? And Bobby Sherman, real quick, uh, he he would come out. He was wearing... He's, back then, he was... I don't know how old he is now, but he was probably in his late 50s Mm -hmm. at least. And he had leather pants on. And he had uh, on the puffy shirt that you would, that Seinfeld, sort of like. And he would sign autographs before he even got to the stage. And the second time we saw him, he opened again. Mm -hmm. And we counted the songs, and I swear he did four songs. You know, he just, he was signing autographs and... Anyway, mm-hmm. so Bobby Sherman.
0: Yeah. yeah, in at number seven is "Love Grows" with a subtitle "Where My Rosemary Goes." Okay, by Edison Lighthouse.
1: See, I wouldn't have been able to name that. No, it, no, Edison Lighthouse.
0: We've got several here. Um, uh, number six, uh, "Staying Steady." At number six is "Spirit in the Sky." Oh yeah, by Norman Greenbaum. Okay. Yes, uh, I really love the '80s rendition that was redone mm-hmm. um, decades, two and a half yeah, decades yeah. later. Yeah. Um, so, uh, number five, come and get it by your favorite band. Badfinger. Yeah.
1: And that's got a kind of a Beatles and this was 1970 Mm -hmm. and they were friends with the Beatles and maybe even they helped produce. I'm not sure.
0: So you really hear an influence with Badfinger and the Beatles. And And I think
1: come and Mm -hmm. get it. I always kind of thought it was the Beatles before I, (laughs) like, you know, when I was younger.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh number four is instant karma and it's we all shine on. It's Lennon and the and, and Yoko Ono with the plastic Ono band. Yeah. Yeah. And that one dropped. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um as we were talking uh, last month, we had these uh these at the top we had two or three that's really low key uh mellow songs. Uh now we're at number three here with Bridge Over Troubled Water with Simon and Garfunkel. Mm-hmm. A very slow uh, song. It's, it's hard to even imagine that uh, you can go up to the top of the charts and stay there as well. Yeah, I'm
1: not, but, not a big fan of that yeah, song.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, jumping up last month from, I think it was eight or nine, up to number two here is ABC by the Jackson Five. And uh, staying at number one for a while here, uh, rising to the top, is Let It Be by the Beatles. Nice. And that was April 11th, 1970. We're switching over to um, This Month in Music History, a short segment where we look at a couple things that happened this month, uh, many years ago, uh, in this month of April. I'm going to start off with uh, way back. We got the 11th of April, okay. 1956, traveling from Amarillo to Nashville the plane that Elvis Presley was flying in developed engine trouble and was forced to make an emergency landing. It was this incident that created a fear of flying for okay. Elvis Presley. <laughs> yeah, he he did not like flying after this one emergency landing. Thought it was going to be his last.
1: And that was before he probably bought his own plane. Oh, well, there you go. Which we... was called the Lisa Marie. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> what do you got, Jim?
1: I got April 15th, 1967. Nancy Sinatra and Frank Sinatra started a four-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with Something Stupid, (laughs) which is actually a good song. Oh, man,
0: Something Stupid.
1: And they became the only father and daughter act ever to score a number one single. UB40 singer Ali Campbell covered the song in 1995 with his daughter Kibbe. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And Robbie Williams had a 2001 U.K. number one with his version of the song... Featuring Nicole Kidman. I didn't even know she sang. No way. Yeah. Wow. Amazing.
0: So what do you got there? So uh, I've got the 11th of April, 1977. So we're in the mid-70s here, Alice Cooper being at the peak of Mm -hmm. there, right? His there, because it's a band as well. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Alice Cooper uh, played to an audience of 40,000 in Sydney, Australia. It's the largest crowd to attend a rock concert in the country's history. After the show, Cooper was placed on house arrest at his hotel until he could post a bond of over $59,000. The that amount was the sum that a promoter claimed to have paid Cooper for the 1975 tour that he never made. And the two settled and uh
1: That's not a lot of money yeah. for a tour.
0: Right, right. Well, I'm amazed I'm amazed that that Alice Cooper could fill uh this this audience of 40,000. I mean, just, you know.
1: 77 it- though was <laughs> Yeah, Big, he started to. Well, he probably started to go solo. Okay. It was the Alice Cooper band. Okay, so this this was Alice Cooper yeah, Alice uh, by Cooper. himself then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah.
0: And uh, management seems to be uh, not handled so well.
1: So I have April fifteenth, nineteen ninety six, Millie Vanilli. <laughs> yeah. Singer Rob Pilatus. Was jailed for 90 days by a Los Angeles judge for three violent attacks and parole violation. Mm. So that's uh, your month in music? Yeah, yeah.
2: And now for the main event.
1: And this is um, Angels, Demons, and Flies.
0: Gonna delve a little deeper uh, than we usually do.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're probably wondering what the fly part is, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike, you have a theory on the existence.
0: Yeah, let's, let's look at that first then, and then uh, we're going to get into a book, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, well, yeah, let, let me start off for a little little base here and then getting into that. There's this thing that humans have been doing for like forever, and it is what we don't currently understand in our physical reality, we automatically attribute it. To the, phys- the uh, spiritual realm, or the mm-hmm. supernatural. And we know that we all have an interest in supernatural to some degree or another. The term supernatural realm being above natural, above nature, mm-hmm. outside of our physical realm. And when we make a, a discovery, we say, oh, well, that is something physical. It was just too small or too big for us to see it. Now, of course, if you get into astronomy, uh, that would be too big for us to even see mm-hmm. across the universe. But there, uh, there's, this has been going on for as long as humans have been humans. Uh, mental illness is one example. Uh, you know, People would think that uh, things of the mind, uh, things within the brain, that would be uh, something that is spiritual or something that's behavioral when actually it is chemicals in the brain. Yes, yes. yeah. So we're learning a lot about mental health, but we're not going to go that direction. Uh, the best example actually is the theory uh, that was discovered in germ theory. And it's less than 200 years ago. And so this is the best example uh, with Louis Pasteur, who uh, Pasteurization uh, Process is named after Louis Pasteur. And he's credited with proving germ theory through his work in the mid-1850s. So I'm not going to get too into that either, except that uh, this scientific work allowed everyone to realize that diseases... We're not brought about by sin or other spiritual or supernatural things, which is what they believed, even through the 1850s, 1860s. Mm-hmm. But it's actually caused by something physical, uh, as physical as rocks and trees and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's just so small. Yeah. So because they couldn't see it without a microscope... They didn't know what it was. Right. So right. it was invisible. It actually mm-hmm. wasn't invisible. It is visible. It is visible. You just need a microscope for yeah. it. And so... And so there's so many examples, and we, for the sake of time, we're not going to get into other ones like mental illness and the mind. But there's things that we think are invisible, we think that are supernatural, We're actually they are natural. So, Jim, here's, <clears throat> here's my question. Uh, so I'm, apply, I'm applying this thought uh, process to the same thing with angels mm-hmm. and demons, and we're going to talk about that, angels, demons, and flies. Flies we know are physical. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In this realm. Uh, but here's my question. And it's going to sound bizarre, but it's going to sound as bizarre as Louis Pasteur posited back in the 1850s when he said, I think that this is a natural thing. My question is, what if angels, demons, and other spirits are actually physical? They're actually in our physical realm. They're Mm -hmm. not supernatural. They are natural.
1: But they're so small. That's right. We cannot see them.
0: And they're so fast. Yes. That they seem omnipresent. Mm-hmm. When, you, when, we're, when we get into talking about, you know, th- what you're getting into in the book, we talk about things uh, being telepathic. We talk mm-hmm. about, you know, possibly, we talk about things being a present at the same time. You know, when, when people who are believers of a certain faith, they'll talk about uh, God being omnipresent everywhere at the same time. Mm-hmm. My question is, what if it's just so fast? Yes. So that's what we're looking at, because you know speed is relative. Let now, me j-
1: do you think angels have something to do with uh, people that have passed away?
0: That is very that's, that is very interesting. Helping mm-hmm.
1: you better yourself, and also demons could be someone in their life who was not a good person, right? But has also come back um, as a demon to try and influence people to do mm-hmm. evil things. Certain,
0: yeah, and certain religions and spiritual beliefs believe more connection with those who have died, and, and others don't. For example, in the, in the Christian community, you have uh, uh, Catholics believe more relationship with those who have died. They pray and relate to mm-hmm. those who have died, and a lot of Protestants don't. So there's even, even in the Christian faith, there's differences there. But there's a lot of, uh, I think, about Eastern religions, several of them, it's a lot of relationship with mm-hmm. those who have died. But what if there? What if what? My question is: What if all of it is physical, as physical as that fly on the wall? What if all of it is physical? Uh, look at um, look at the speed of light. Let's just let's just look at the speed part because we have the, the part with uh, uh, you know the other part I was looking at so small. But what mm. about things being so fast? The speed of light is one hundred eighty six thousand miles per second. It's super fast. It seems instant when you turn mm-hmm. on the light. Yeah. When you look across at the. As something as far as you can see, it looks immediate. Guess what? It's not immediate. Sunlight, as fast as 186,000 miles per second is. Sunlight takes eight to nine minutes to get here.
2: Yep. It's
0: not mm-hmm. immediate. Everybody thought. <clears throat> everybody thought light was immediate. It's not. Light. If you look at the universe, it's slow. Light is slow. It's eight to nine minutes for the sunlight to reach the Earth. Yeah. Eight to nine minutes—that's a long time—and so, so you know, what if, what if there's a place? What if there actually is a place where spirits dwell? Mm-hmm. Um, another great example. Great example. Is it called Horton? Here's a who? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You have you have the elephant with the flower and the speck, the speck on the flower. And in that speck is an entire yeah. world. Yes. Yeah. And 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 you know this is this is you know this is um, animated and it's like a kid's story. Yeah. We
1: always think of um, other planets, other life forms, maybe like us, like human beings. But mm-hmm. what if they're
0: so minuscule mm-hmm. they're actually here? Mm-hmm. There's other worlds. Mm-hmm. And, and it gives me the chills to think like, what if we talk about the universe? Then they're talking about the multiverse, which Takes away the whole definition of universe because universe means everything is one. Mm -hmm. But what if there's another universe? You know, yeah, what if there's places beyond places and they're so far away? But if you are, what if you're a million times the speed of light? Boom, it's like you're you're instant, it's omnipresent. Mm -hmm. It's called omnipresent. That's what that's what spiritual beings can be. And so, and so, what if things are so small or so large? That's size. And what if things are so fast? I don't know about slow, but yeah. so fast that they seem instant. It's mind blowing. Yeah. What if the spiritual realm really is? Well, it is. It is something we don't understand. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give that up. Yeah. You know, we 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 don't fully understand the spiritual realm. And we won't know until we know. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. we uh, again back to what what I was looking at with Louis Pasteur is this is just 150 to 200 years ago. That is nothing in the span of human existence, thousands of years, Mm -hmm. tens of thousands, and it's nothing in the span of the whole physical realm's existence. It's mind-blowing. It's nothing. And it's only in the last 150 years... It's what
1: you can't see, what you don't know. You You attribute it... You 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 only know mm -hmm. what is in front of you. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. So it's amazing that we found things... That are alive, little animals, little bacteria that are alive, mm-hmm. and there's millions in my stomach right now. You know, there's yeah. millions, there's there's thousands in my blood right now. Yeah, that would be that would be foolish talk. Just yeah. <laughs> two hundred <laughs> years ago, that was stupid talk, and mm-hmm. people were being ridiculed for that. And yeah. maybe they thought people
1: that got disease and died early, young, they were sinners
0: they deserved it yeah. and and uh there's writings that say uh they ask what did your father do that you yeah. di- that that what did your father do that you that that your that your brother died yeah <laughs> now, i also
1: think that yeah. as far as with like spirits ghosts people that believe in this stuff are truly the ones that have seen the apparitions and but the people that have not seen because like i said what you if you don't see it yourself...
0: Right. Seeing is believing. Seeing really is. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there are people who have, uh, you know, sometime maybe we could talk about uh, near-death experiences. That'd be mm-hmm. a great a great topic. But uh, there's people who have seen things that I haven't seen, and I'm keeping an open mind to what they saw. Yeah. I'm and hearing them. it's hard them.
1: to believe because you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Not that you're, you know, saying they're lying, but you... right you can't have the whole picture in your in your head of, mm-hmm. or or commit to the belief because it's something you have not experienced yourself
0: and it's all it's all about keeping And that's like with people
1: mm-hmm. that like don't believe in ghosts and but and then one day maybe they see an apparition or they something happens or and then they
0: start believing, mm-hmm. yeah you know, right right and, it's it's all, and i think I think Jim it's all about keeping an open mind mm-hmm. um, with so many things. Uh, I think that's something we agree on. there's so many things where if you keep an open mind and you look at what I call the big picture, which is a timetable of not just two hundred years or two thousand but maybe two million, but what about eons you know mm-hmm. that, that's that's the, it's the big picture yeah and and getting into this uh what you're about to get into is um you know what what plants the thoughts in in my head you know it's another question what's is the spirits
1: so um i found this book and it was probably this was probably a year or two ago it was on a booklet actually it's been in my uh amazon wish list for a while my wife just got the book for me but um reading the description it's uh about a reincarnation A guy comes back as a fly, so that's where the fly comes in. And it's called Jacob's Folly, and it's by Rebecca Miller, who I wasn't very familiar with. I don't think she's written too many novels. But I did do some research, and she is Arthur Miller's daughter. So that would make sense. She's also written uh, The Private Lives of Pippa Lee, Mm -hmm. which was made into a movie. But this book uh, is... Was kind of interesting, um, and it goes back and forth. It's uh, Jacob Serf. He is a peddler in Paris, so he sells mm-hmm. um, things to people uh, that are in need, like little things. Um, he carries a huge box around with him on his back. This is the first life before <clears throat> he's reincarnated. Yeah, this is the, the 17. I'm mm-hmm. uh, pretty sure it's 1770s, mm-hmm. and the book starts where he has come back. Reincarnated. The odd thing is, it's a good 300 years after he's died. Mm-hmm. He's not sure what he is at first, and he realizes he can fly. So he thinks he's an angel at mm-hmm. first because he can't see see himself. He knows he's small, and it's not until later on and uh, sees himself in the mirror. He's trying to see himself in the mirror. He's got lots of eyes, you know. It's not easy, and so. he's. He doesn't see anything at first except a fly. And then he realizes he's a fly. And so the book goes back and forth to the 1700s and then to present day. And there's a lot of um, history in this book with um, Jewish religion. Uh, The author, Rebecca Miller, she's Jewish. And she also did a lot of research. Is this set in France, you were saying, or is this somewhere else? This is in Paris. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go into the jacob first and then we'll go into and i'm going to tell you pretty much about the book but i'm not going to give away everything save something for the end for people yeah. yeah that'd be good and so jacob meets this woman her name's solange and she works for the count and he's a you find out he he's a rich guy but he's not really he's someone who has a lot of loans and wants to be more than he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she offers, this is interesting, because she offers Jacob a job as a valet. Mm-hmm. So valet, we think now is, you know, parking a car. Yeah, give
0: me your keys, yeah.
1: But it's really um, a servant uh, to serve breakfast to the count, get him the count dressed, even, I mean, bathe him, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of an assistant to the count. His name is Monsieur Le Comte, I'm going to say. C-O-M-T-E, Comte. So... Jacob reluctantly takes the job because, you know, when you when you have a job and that you fairly like your job, you and you you start to become complacent and you really I think he likes being a peddler, mm-hmm. even though he's offered a lot of money because he takes the job with the account. And I had to figure this out. Um, I'm not very familiar with money, you know, French money, mm-hmm. But it's a I'm going to say it's a Louvert. So he's, he's paid one Louvert, mm-hmm. which is 24 livres. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I figured out it's approximately um, 24 dollars, and we're talking 1700s. This mm-hmm. is a week. It mm-hmm. would be 700 around 768 dollars a week. Yeah. today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So not great pay, a lot more than he was making as a peddler. Mm-hmm. But he quits about five weeks in. And he goes back to his life of peddling. Mm-hmm. There's there's some interesting things in this some odd things in this book because it starts out like nice um like 1700. You get the feel for what it was like in France, and mm-hmm. but the writing goes off the rails a little bit. Um How's Jacob that? Jacob becomes married to a girl, her name's Hodel. uh, and it's an arranged marriage. She's 14. Wow. But Hodel has a gas problem, and, like, they go in... (laughs) I I don't know how to explain it.
0: Gas as in petrol, or...?
1: No, like, um, on the toilet. So, I'm going to read from... uh, Yeah, read a segment of that. Yeah, Yeah. if I can find it real Mm -hmm. quick here. What Um, what was Hodel's nickname? Did she have a nickname? No, I I don't know what her full name was. Okay. Uh, Actually, let me... I'm sorry, let me go back to the let's, uh, and let's er, back an earlier segment. Is this let, the, yeah, let's back tr- This is the be, the very first um paragraph. And then we'll get to that other stuff. Cuz I like this is what I'm talking about. The writing is is really really intricate. I don't know how to explain mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And then I was kind of shocked by the um bod, you know, the talking about bowel
0: movements Yeah, and bodily fluids, went, yeah, when, yeah. You know, it went the other way. <laughs> but but this is interesting because uh, just a side note Back then, uh, up until uh, just about 100 years ago, it was okay to talk about bodily fluids and everything, about urine and feces and everything. It it was actually all right. So it's kind of interesting that it would be thrown into the
1: 1700s. So this is the first paragraph. I, the being in question, having spent nearly 300 years lost as a pomegranate pip in a lake of aspic, amnet. now I'm going to mess up some words here, but amnesiac, bodiless, and comatose, a nugget of spirit, but nothing else, found myself quickening, gaining form, weight, and finally consciousness. That's one sentence.
0: Wow. Is this the first line? Yeah. Okay.
1: I did not remember dying, so my first thoughts were confused and a little desperate. Wow. And then
0: he he realizes, like I
1: said, he can fly. Mm -hmm. Could I be an angel?
0: Missing, missing for those hundreds of years, knowing that he was just uh, comatose. Right. So, um, here we go. This is
1: after he marries Hodel. After a few weeks of marriage, Hodel began to have attacks of an explosive intestinal nature. Explosive. (laughs) (laughs) Mornings were spent almost entirely in the latrine. Her gas smelled like rotten meat. She lost weight and so on. At night, I bundled myself up at my side of the bed and shut my eyes, conjuring delights of the flesh (laughs) <laughs> with plump, healthy women I had seen on the streets and trying to ignore my wife's toxic night flatulence. <laughs> so that threw me off. Yeah. Because it starts out as a nice, eloquent, you know, yeah. book. And so... Oh, it's getting real. It's getting real there. Yeah. And so he, he marries Hodel. And uh, then later on, uh, we find out his cousin Gimple... Uh, He helps Jacob uh, with the peddling. Mm -hmm. In the book, it mentions about there's only so many Jews allowed in Paris at a time. And it's interesting. And then um, this is from page 85. It's true what he said, Gimple said, looking over at me. You don't look like a Jew. You look like a Frenchman. That's the problem with the Jews in Paris. They all want to be French. Mm. Then... So they only let a few of us into the city at a time, I whined, to lend them money and sell them what they need. So I don't know how I look. I tried to look this up um, to see if it was entirely true, but I think it had mostly to do with the religion. The Jewish religion.
0: Right, maybe not let, wanting them to take over or something like that. I think I they know. were
1: banned at one time, then they were well, let back in. And they were
0: let back in, was this for the peddling, to sell them things, to take care of their needs and sell them things? Is that, is yeah. that what I was hearing, the, the peddling part of it?
1: Yeah, I think they'd mm-hmm. let them in as peddlers. Yeah. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. so then um, we get up to chapter 18. Now, I said this jumps back and forth, so I'm going in order of Jacob's story here. So, Hodel's mother thinks that she's possessed. Hodel becomes, um, they want her to become ritually cleansed. Uh, She's supposed to get into a barrel, right? Mm -hmm. Let me guess, hard cider? No, no. She's almost like baptized, or maybe it is, I don't know, I think they call it baptism. Mm -hmm. But But, immersed then. Yeah, so Uh she's on a boat, and she's supposed to leap into a barrel. (laughs) That, and she's naked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So her foot slips, and she goes into the water mm-hmm. and is swept away, uh, but she's soon found alive. So after that, um, she's, like he said, she's eating stew out of a bowl, like stuff that she normally, a Jewish person, uh, she's would changed. normally do. She's changed, yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they were going to do ritual cleansing, but she missed. And she got, if she, see, she, if she went in the, in the water... Yeah, that means she was immersed in that instead. Interesting. Instead yeah. of the ritual.
1: Yeah, and this is in the, uh, I think you say Seine. Is that the river? S-E-I-A. Oh, I don't know any. Yeah.
0: I don't know French. I'll butcher that. Mm-hmm.
1: And that day, well, the river was torrent, it says. So there was, you know, it was pretty. Here it is. Hodel spent two full days in the washerwoman's crowded home, unable to remember where she lived. So she kind of wandered off then and. At last, she remembered her address.
0: More like a homeless shelter than a hospital, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and then this is a month after she fell in, into the river. Uh, she had been eating stew out of a, I don't know what that is, cholent pot with mm-hmm. her hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her mom's like, who are you? She says, I'm Hodel. No, you're not. So she, her mom was convinced that she was um, possessed. Wow. Yeah. So... um now back to Jacob, he, um, I think he's pretty much done with his wife at this point. Mm. Um, so he, the next thing is he, he starts to sell. You're not supposed to sell in, in a business. You're only supposed to sell on the street.
0: Right, that makes sense. Still today. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So unfortunately, um, he buys a small pistol from a friend so he can resell it. And then he's caught in a uh, cafe. Selling his his wares, but mm-hmm. then he's caught with a gun on him, so they think he's going to do something, and mm-hmm. he's he's arrested. The the count bails him out,
0: okay, of jail. So that wouldn't have happened had he not taken the job. So he got he got that job, and he knew the count. Yeah, he yeah. knew the count of yeah. that.
1: But even though he left, he didn't even say goodbye. He just went back to peddling. Now you you're going to find out why the count wants Jacob, uh, being a Jewish person. Jacob then changes his name to Gebek,
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. uh, which means baker, and then he's being reprogrammed in a way. See, this okay. is what you're going to find out: yeah. to leave his Jewish religion behind, mm-hmm. and the count wants him to give up all his rituals. Mm-hmm. That he, washing, he has to wash his hands at certain times, and so eventually he finds out that the count had a bat going, <laughs> that he could convert a Jew. <sighs>
0: Wow, yeah. Because yeah. the Jewish, Jewish people are not just a religion, it's a culture. So you're not just taking you know changing your, your religion, you're changing your culture. So it's, wow, they made a bet. Yeah. Huh. And uh, the count says, I suppose wow. I
1: wanted to know if it was possible to wash a Jew clean of his Jewishness. So um, to make him simply a man. It's a debate that's all the rage. What to do about the Jews. And I believe this is, was going on. Mm-hmm. yeah. Not this particular that he wanted to change him, but mm-hmm. the, pe- the way people felt about Jewish people. Right,
0: and again, it, like I just yeah. said, it wasn't just a religion, like uh, you or I would change our religion here in America. It was their culture, so they couldn't be changed. It was so hard to change a people's yeah. culture of, of, of Judaism.
1: Because we all know that um, wars have started over religion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then this is way before the Holocaust mm-hmm. and that horrible mm-hmm that horrible time period. Yeah. Uh, so Jacob, he finds out. Um, so the last step to renouncing his Jewish religion is mm-hmm. to become baptized. Mm-hmm. Now, Jacob, after finding out that there's a bet going on, he will only do this if the count gives him a cut of the bet. So I had to figure this out again because it's, uh, 400 louis. Which is a quarter of the bet. Mm -hmm. And then you get into Levere's, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah. So I figured out it was $2,500. Yeah. And it's $80,000 in today's money. Wow. So that was actually a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So then we find out why the, I'm not going to tell you why the book's name because I don't want to give away too much. That'd be his folly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there is uh, something named after Jacob, um, and it's called Jacob's Folly. So now we get into Jacob <laughs> starts sleeping with the Count's wife. Oh. Okay. Now she's an actress. Uh, Jacob's in her dressing room, and the Count shows up, and he's hiding, I think, behind a curtain or something, mm-hmm. and the Count runs after him. Jacob takes off. The Count draws a gun. So. Mm-hmm. And then, let's see. Then eventually Jacob go, actually gets a small acting role. I guess this okay. is what he... Figures out he wants to do, and um, he, ha- he eventually starts becoming a well-known actor, and uh, mm-hmm. he buys a flat, buys a, mm-hmm. you know, apartment. Mm-hmm. He has a cleaning person and a cook, so he's, he's doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now, there's, there's this obsession with flatulence in this book. Yeah, yeah, it comes up again. On page 329, he starts to get an acting job, and he's walking through uh, crowded streets, and... Um, This is what it says. Eleanor of Aquitaine, a sallow lady of giant proportions, (laughs) farted dolefully. She farted dolefully. Dolefully, yes. As she trudged past me, weighed down by her gilt robes. So this woman walks by and farts. Now, why does that have to be (laughs) in the book? I I think she just threw this stuff in to throw people off. Yeah, yeah. You know. Now, there's and then there's another. When he's talking... To the Marquis de Mal, de Breeze, that's the whole name. Mm-hmm. She asked what he thinks of the Comte de Brassale. Uh I don't know if it's another, he's not a, I don't know if he's a count or another actor. Mm-hmm. Or, and he says, and the Comte de Brissel, what did you think of him? I had the misfortune of being sat downwind of him. <laughs> he has a terrible he has a terrible digestion it's true that's what she replies yeah, there so you go. there you go
0: yeah come out someone's digestive tract that's interesting downwind though yeah so it's yeah I so mean, now
1: i'm not going to tell you i guess i can tell you that there's no mention of how jacob dies mm-hmm. i was waiting you know try, when i got to the end of the book i'm like maybe it, now I'm thinking there may be a sequel to this book because there's a lot of things left open. Yeah. Now the whole thing with the flies that uh he we first find out about this person called Leslie.
0: Now we're we're ahead now to three hundred yeah, years. Yeah, we're later. in present okay. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, present time. And like predator. I said,
1: this jumps back back and forth.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and you're trying to not make it go back and forth so much. So now we're ahead uh, three hundred years now. Uh, he is actually a fly in the physical sense. Yes. Yeah, and has he figured that out by now? He's
1: figured it out, Okay, yes. all right. We come upon this person, Leslie sends it to Moore. That's mm-hmm. the best I can say. Um, and at first, when they introduced the character, I didn't know, I mean, I know the fly is observing this person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the, the bigger character in this book is Masha. Now, Leslie and Mashid, I can tell you they eventually come together at the end. Because I was trying to figure out, he'd go back to Leslie. Mm-hmm. His in-laws live next door. To preface that he, there's a part where he has to pick up his in-laws. And I guess they're pretty old.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But they've happened upon this guy who's rich, invites him back to the, his house for some drinks. They, they don't even know him. Yeah. And I don't know if... They didn't drive, but he has to pick them up. He's wondering who this person is, right? Mm-hmm. Then we get into, so that was back and forth, but we'll go back and forth with Leslie. And, but Masha, she is she's about 18, 19 years old, mm-hmm. and she's of the Jewish religion. She lives uh, on Long Island. Mm-hmm. Jacob, he's mesmerized by Masha because he's of the, he was of the Jewish religion. I think he's sees himself in her mm-hmm. sorta mm-hmm. because she has dreams of being an actress. Now her family would n- never allow this, but the fly starts putting this is the whole thing. The fly can put ideas okay, so in he, the character. So side.
0: so Jacob is a fly, a small yes. f- a small physical like house fly. Small yeah. physical character. Yeah. So he's able to go a lot of places. Yes. Yeah. And so now he's able to Put thoughts into Masha's head. Yes. Wow.
1: He can transmit his... Mm-hmm. And she thinks they're her. Huh? She, you would never think... That, that's where it comes into the... Like I'm thinking with angels, mm-hmm. if they do exist, mm-hmm. are there angels that put thoughts... They would put good thoughts in your head. Mm-hmm. Or maybe thoughts that maybe give you a little push. And this mm-hmm. is what it does.
0: Because otherwise Masha would not pursue... What she really wants to do, right? And bringing this to to present day theology, there's a lot of people who say, you know, uh, I heard from God. God told me that. Yes. Or uh, the spirits of my ancestors revealed that to me. You'd hear that. Yeah. So this is what we're talking about. She's what, what, what you know. Where'd this come yeah. from? Into Mash's head. Yeah. I mean, when you're mm-hmm. sitting there,
1: and all of a sudden you get a thought in your head. Yeah. Where is that your thought? Now I'm going to look at flies a little bit. Yeah, right is line. it a fly on the wall? Yeah. yeah. Is the fly talking, like putting thoughts in my head? hmm So Masha soon joins an acting school. hmm And now, she, now this is the other... She is set to marry, and it's prearranged, this guy Eli. Mm-hmm. She, go, she does the acting school for a while. There's a scene where it's... Um, she can't be... She can't take public transportation after... Um, you know sunset,
0: oh right, okay.
1: so she stays at a friend's house. It's not Eli, and she just stays over there and then comes back the next day and somehow she she once she decides to quit the acting school. Mm-hmm. but Eli is so upset that she was lying to him about this about acting mm-hmm. And somehow she's not supposed to, like, touch another per- person. So the acting, it's, there's kind of a weird element there.
0: Right. And, you're doing things out of the social norm when you're acting. Is that what you're saying? Like, in the yeah, job of acting, yeah. you're going to be intimate with people or yeah. close to them touching, right, things that But the uh, woman who mm-hmm.
1: runs the acting school is considerate to her religion, okay. too. But once Eli finds this out, he, does, he no longer wants to marry her. So what mm-hmm. does she do? She decides to rejoin the acting school after Jacob convinces her to go back, the fly, Mm -hmm. convinces her to go back because she owed some money. And she eventually, she got an offer from a person who was friends with the woman who owns the acting school, an old friend, Mm -hmm. and he runs a management company. He offers her and her her friend in the acting, Mm Shelly an apartment. Now, this offer has been on the table, and then when she... She decides she was quitting, but it's still on the table. So she eventually moves into the apartment. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the thing. Masha, because she is, was so immersed in her religion, there's certain things that she's never done. She's never worn jeans. Mm-hmm. Shelly takes her shopping. So there's certain that She's never had a Coke, it seems, mm-hmm. or a hamburger. <laughs> uh-huh. And she still feels that she's out of place. So this is where Leslie then comes in Mm -hmm. Leslie repairs old boats and it just so happens that the guy that her his in-laws was was hanging out with he needs an old boat repaired Mm -hmm. okay now this is the other thing Masha and her friend have the apartment down the road and I assume it's by a like a lake Mm -hmm. or river yeah from Then this guy, his name is Ross Mm Coe, the guy that needs the boat repaired. And Ross knows not only the promoter, but also Masha. And I guess they had just moved into the apartment. Mm -hmm. Once Leslie, who is married, but he's also in a kind of an unhappy marriage. Mm -hmm. Once he sees Masha, he's intrigued. And he starts to have thoughts of her with Jacob's help.
0: Okay, so Jacob's getting involved again. The fly on so, the wall is getting involved yeah. with Le- in Leslie's brain. Yeah.
1: Now, I, I couldn't figure out why Jacob didn't like Leslie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's no... And it's you're sort of led to believe that he wants to do him in or mm-hmm. play around with can, his thoughts.
0: It can be jealousy. It's just male, some sort of male... But I didn't
1: get, from what I read about Leslie and what was going on, there was a lot of nothing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, for me to get an idea why Jacob would not like him unless Jacob, unless Jacob realizes, oh, I can put thoughts in people's heads. Yeah. I'm going to. Might have realized it yeah. by now. Yeah. So Leslie has a reoccurring dream that Masha, Masha's apartment is on fire. And he goes in and he he's, fills around and he, he fills a body, which is mm-hmm. Masha on the mm-hmm. bed and he carries her outside, mm-hmm. and he gives her mouth-to-mouth, mm-hmm. and he saves her life.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Um, now, the other, <laughs> the other thing is he, Jacob also uh, makes Leslie envision Masha naked. Okay. So he's putting all these, like, thoughts, and Leslie's confused, like, why am I, and she is a pretty girl. Right. Um, and, of course, the fly has seen Masha naked Mm -hmm. so he can transmit exactly the the pictures
0: the mental pictures
1: yeah so this is the other thing Um, Leslie and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into this because if you're gonna read the book and I it's it's a very interesting book
0: You hold that from the people sure Mm -hmm.
1: but Leslie eventually takes it a little too far Um, that's all I'm gonna say Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Masha again returns home and then she eventually goes back to acting I'm not gonna tell you how what happens to the fly? But there's a couple scenarios you can probably think of. <laughs> uh, the pros of this is uh, I love the story about Jacob in the 1700s. I, I really like the because I like um, like Sherlock Holmes. I, I like and you could kind of visualize that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I wish, in a way, I could live back in the like eight, 1800s. Very yeah, but I would miss. We would miss certain. Right. Things. Yeah, we wouldn't live past we miss
0: a lot. We wouldn't live past fifty or sixty. I mean, think 50.
1: about it. There was no cars, there was mm-hmm. no not nothing. You could read a book mm-hmm. and
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and you'd have to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> like Mike and I are talking
0: right now. Really? Um But no one would hear us back then. We would just be in a and then studio.
1: Masha I felt like I felt sympathetic to her. And I also kind of fell in love with her as mm-hmm. Leslie did, you mm-hmm. know. The the Not bad, but the I guess you call it the cons, um, where Jacob doesn't... This is what bothered me. He doesn't question a lot of things which would not exist in the 1700s, Mm -hmm. like I was just talking about. Mm -hmm. He's not like, oh my God, what is is that? Like if he saw a car. Mm -hmm. And maybe there wasn't enough room in the book for all that. Mm -hmm. But there's no questioning... I think, in the very beginning, when he's a, when he's flying around, mm-hmm. but other than that, yeah, but maybe we didn't have to go into right, it. and
0: so and so um, it leaves it open on that topic, Jim, It leaves it open with if he wasn't questioning all that, he's seen it somehow. And again, that the uh, the the movement, the quick movement uh, across time, time is another plane that we didn't talk about uh, so much as speed and size. But yeah, maybe he's maybe he's seen it all already. And
1: most of the mm-hmm. um present day was more about Masha uh and Leslie mm-hmm. than the fly because you forget you're reading and you're forgetting this is what the fly is seeing because it didn't, you know, mm-hmm. go back into you know Jacob talking. Right. Um but he he would be observing conversations and right. everything. And then I kind of felt that the Leslie leslie was forced to meet my, you know the, the two together i don't somehow i mean it did link up together mm-hmm. but it was kind of confusing this other character like where he fit in until till the end mm-hmm. but it's a story you know mm-hmm. it's a fictional uh, mm-hmm. story
0: mm-hmm.
1: there wasn't really any true ending to the story so that's why i think maybe maybe there'll be another one
0: i don't know it sounds like it leaves it open to a sequel
1: because Jacob, uh, where we left Jacob, he was, you know, very well-to-do actor. And I don't know when. It didn't really tell you when he, like how old he was when he died. So mm-hmm. you could add another 20 years in there. Mm-hmm. You can develop the the Masha character where it leads her. Because at mm-hmm. the end, the towards the end, I can t- she she kind of gets a movie role. So that's where it's going. Mm-hmm. She's kind of... Kind of um, she's left the, her religion totally behind. Mhm. That's what she wants to do and yeah. you know maybe she
0: becomes very successful. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it goes. What I really like about the book is is that it's the fly on the wall perspective, but what you have is a human spirit within the fly and one with telepathic Yeah. Uh, the abilities. telepathic is Yeah, like, yeah. but but it's but it's not just the fly, you know, with reincarnation, it's it is it is a spirit. Yeah, yeah. Within the fly,
1: and he remembers, supposedly, like three hundred years ago, yeah, his how, entire <laughs> life.
0: How about good memory, huh?
1: It's one reincarnation. reincarnation's one of those things too, where it's like maybe it, maybe it's true, maybe, but you don't know until, like I said, yeah. until you know.
0: It's a great unknown.
1: But do you know when someone's re- say they were reincarnated? Do, do you remember parts of your past life? And some people do claim that. Yeah. Yeah. mm-hmm. Like Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. So, this again was Jacob Spali, and you can get it on Amazon or wherever. And uh, Rebecca Miller is her name. So, Mm -hmm. that was our main
0: event. All right. Thanks for bringing that to us, Jim. All right. Now we're getting into our last segment here of the show. Music to music. Close, but no cigar. Where we're comparing two songs. I'm going to compare two songs with a similar theme or idea. Mm -hmm. Maybe something in the title. Maybe a similar word in the title. And then, Jim, you can hit your uh, two after this. I like to usually go chronologically, but I'm not going to go chronological. I'm going to make it backwards here. Um, I'm going to compare I'll Kill You by (laughs) Summer Walker uh, with I Would Die For You by uh, Prince Rogers Nelson. So starting out with uh, I'll Kill You... um, and it also features Janae Iko, and I have no idea who that is. Okay. she's featured somehow. So, um, so those
1: are two op- I would think. Opposites. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you you've got to, yeah, it's two opposite, but the theme is uh, you know, typically you know, it's I would die for you, I love you so much, mm-hmm. um, and 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 we're going to get into that with Prince. But uh, I, I was intrigued by I'll kill you. So anyway, uh, she's she's singing away here. She's doing uh in a, in a genre that is. Uh, Very much popular today. Uh, She's saying she's stingy. She's saying, I'll go to jail uh, for you. Um, I'll go to hell for you. Um, She says, uh, you better tell them hoes to fall in line. Don't put up a fight. I want you for life. And then she says, uh, don't have me looking foolish. Don't have me looking stupid. Uh, She doesn't say uh, who she would kill. Uh, You know, at first you think it's the hose she would kill. Mm -hmm. But ultimately what she's saying is, um, if you don't want me, I'm going to kill you.
1: So this is a woman?
0: Yes, it's a woman. Yeah, this is Summer, Summer Walker. Okay. Yeah, so um, it's not just that I would kill for you, but if you you don't want me, towards the end you you get, if you don't want me, Mm -hmm. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So let's let's switch over to uh, I Would Die For You. And this, of course, uh, is from Purple Rain in 1984. And um, I have heard this song so many times, and it wasn't until days ago when I started reading the lyrics, because um, I thought it was just Prince singing, uh, you know, you're a beautiful woman, or you're a beautiful person, and I would die for you. Well, you know, there's nothing there's nothing in the song that says that. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, it says, I'm not a woman, I'm not a man, I am something that you'll never understand. And then later it says... Uh, and if you're evil, I'll forgive you. Okay, it's pretty, hmm. pretty amazing. Uh, I'm not your lover. I'm not your friend. I'm your Messiah. And here's the reason why, because I would die for you. And I'm still looking on in the song, you know, it's, I'll be your fire when you're cold, make you happy when you're sad, make you good when you are bad. I'm not a human. So again, he's saying, I'm not a man. I'm not your lover. I'm not a woman. Maybe I'm not a human. Maybe it's more of a mentor. Yeah, it's well. It's I'm not a human. Uh-huh. I'm a dove. I am your conscience. I am love. All you and this is the clincher here. All you so he really might be a stalker. It's it, Okay, you can, <laughs> you can. It could be, but but it's just amazing. Like he's hiding in the shadows. Yeah. All you really need. All I all I really need to know is that you believe. So so this whole song with Prince. And from Purple Rain, which I've watched. You know, he's the only man who can make love with his clothes on. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I I've seen that in Purple Rain with my own eyes, so I believe. But here we have a song, I I Would Die for You, that I really thought was just about a a relationship of two humans, and he tells us over and over it's not about man, woman, it's it's otherworldly. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing. So I'm compa- so that's the comparison taking it from uh I'll kill for you. In fact, I'm going to kill you. To I would die for you, into the other world. Yeah. It's just amazing. I, I, so I got something completely new out of "I would die for mm-hmm. you."
1: Now my songs are about cheating. We got a. Do
0: you have a cheating heart? Yeah. All right.
1: Well, first, Sarah Evans, pretty much thinks she's country singer. Mm-hmm. Um, this is about a woman scorned. Mm-hmm. So she, she's pretty. She's pretty mad. You say your every day is a bad dream that keeps repeating. Maybe you should have thought about that when you were cheating.
2: hmm
1: And then she talks about how do you like that furnished room, the bed, the chair, the table, the TV picture comes and goes. Too bad you don't have cable. So this is a woman who threw out a guy mm-hmm. and left, or actually maybe left, and left him with nothing. I think it might be a guy who had to get his own place. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you like that paper plate and those pork and beans you're eating? And then maybe you should have thought about that when you were cheating. How do you like that beat up car? I think it's fair we traded. <laughs> actually, it's a, actually it's a, probably about a divorce. Yeah, it could be couple mm-hmm. where she got the be- maybe the better end of the deal. Mm-hmm. And then um, so now I compare it with your cheating heart, which is from a man's per- perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, A little bit
0: older song there as well.
1: Yes, yeah, from mm-hmm. 1953. What's interesting is most people know this song as Hank Williams. Patsy Klein also sang. Okay. Uh, so Hank Williams died before this was released. Did not know that. Wow. So until you look back, you think, wow, that was like his biggest hit. He yeah. had success. He didn't know. He didn't get to see it. Yeah. He recorded this in September 1952, and um, he died in January 1st new year's day 1953 and it was released january 23rd some people when you look at the picture of hank williams i just assumed he was in his 50 he was 29 years old it was a hard 29
0: wow that's 29 long years and i think yeah. he
1: pretty much died from drinking uh, so his is your cheating heart will make you weep you'll cry and cry and try to sleep so there's a he's hoping that Someone who's cheated will have um, that there'll be some Mm. repercussions that, you know, maybe you'll realize what you did Mm -hmm. Um, and then sleep won't come the whole night through. Your cheating heart will tell on you. Mm. And I I think this was he was I think he was going through a divorce uh, or they were separated. So this may be who knows. Maybe it was true. And your cheating heart will pine someday and crave the love you threw away. The time will come when you'll be blue. Your cheating heart will tell on you. This is from a you know a man's perspective. It...
0: Interesting story with with this coming out and then he dies and then they release it. It's twenty days later, twenty five days later. It's just that's that's amazing because you just yeah. you just see it and you figure he's singing that song, maybe even maybe playing in uh, you know uh, venues singing that song and it wasn't happening.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah. know if he. Um, I think he was touring. Uh, so he may have played this song okay. live.
0: And then it, yeah. But it's all really quick. It's all within yeah. a couple months' time. It's just months. So those be...
1: are my, I know it's, you know, two cheating songs. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I actually like the lyrics better on the Sarah Evans yeah. song, and that's from 2005. Actually, and the other, the thing on the, the this is just called Cheatin', the one guy who wrote this song also wrote The Gambler for Kenny Rogers. Okay. And I don't know how you know how far this song went. Oh, it's actually
0: it's actually uh, written by Brett James.
1: Well, Brett James also wrote for Carrie Underwood mm-hmm. and um, "Jesus Take the Wheel," which was on I think on her first album, mm-hmm. and it was a big hit. And, and then, then the other guy wrote "The Gambler." Oh, okay. But you'll find um, people that you know. There's perform. There's musicians or singers that um, you think maybe they wrote the song but maybe they, they like the lyrics or can relate to the lyrics, but there's a lot of these just songwriters that write. Mm-hmm. I, I'm amazed hit after hit sometimes.
0: Right, right.
1: You know. Okay.
0: That wraps it up for today. Yes. And, uh, until you hear us next time. Today's show is produced and edited by Jim Thatcher and Mike Rush. You can find Jim and Mike Talk on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and their host site, Podbean.
1: Intro and exit music by the band 99%.